Hello, and welcome to Cape to the Cross Apologetics. I'm Tony. I'm Patrick. And we are working our way through Greg Bonson's book, Against All Opposition. And we've worked our way now to, I think this is the eighth chapter, right? We're in the middle of the eighth chapter of the book. And what he's doing here in this particular eighth chapter is, eighth chapter is giving us a critique of uh, atheistic materialism, is what he calls it. And uh, so our pre in our previous uh, session, uh, we looked at the, kind of the first half of the book where he uh, suggested that the materialistic atheists cannot make sense of inductive inferences and deductive inferences, right? Since these things are based on non-material uh, concepts. And so, uh, you know, go back to our previous one and you'll see... Uh, how he makes this case, really fascinating case. He uses, uh, you know, what's been called the transcendental argument and uh, to help uh, to help make his case here. Next, he's gonna move to two more things that uh, the uh, atheistic materialist has some serious problems with, right? And again, these are types of common sense things, right? We use induction all the time to help us determine that, you know, uh, don't, touch the burner on the stove because the last time I did, I got burned and it caused pain. And so I'm not going to do it the next time, right? That's an inductive inference, right? Deduction, the same thing, right? And we have to use the laws of logic based with the information that we have and we can make deductive inferences. And he, and he shows that uh, these this type of understanding, this type of reasoning uh, doesn't fit in the worldview of the atheistic materialist uh, uh, universe. So what are the next two things? Well, the first one here that uh, we wanna take a look at here um, is the problem of mind. Now, you know, you might say, what do you mean the problem of mind? <laughs> you know, I don't have a problem with my mind. Do you have a problem with your head? You know? So he says, let's talk about another problem, the problem of mind. Well, remember we're dealing with, he says, a materialistic atheist. Does the materialistic atheist think that I have a mind or that he has a mind? Can he, if he is consistent, hold that he has a mind, right? People often interchange the words mind and brain, but Bonson wants to suggest that there is a difference between mind and brain, mm -hmm. right? So does what you think, for instance, in your mind boil down to what takes place in your brain, right? He's asking not if there's any relationship at all, clearly there's a relationship, but he's asking if it can be reduced, that is what takes place in your mind can be reduced to what happens in your brain. And he's gonna suggest no, it can't, right? Right, right. so maybe a little, little hard concept here because uh, this may be something that uh, you, you've, you've not really thought about, like, okay, yes, I have a brain, but then I'm thinking, Okay, so thinking there's synapses firing, but what? Hold on, what, what's the I part of that? I am thinking I. That, that there's a sense of individuality there. Why? Why don't I think as a collective, a, a Borg-like? Uh, yeah. Why don't you say we're thinking? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, all uh, of us are thinking. Right. Uh, Ayn Rand, uh, her, her one of her first novels, uh, Anthem, talks about a uh, 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 individual that uh, learns the word I and uh, doesn't refer to themselves in, uh, any longer as we, uh, th themselves, and then the number that they were assigned. And so, uh, you know, why do we have this concept of 
kind of singularity and, and thinking about things. And it's not, it's not just personality that, Oh, this is the way that I am. And you have to take me or leave me at my best. But, um, uh, this concept of mind is something that, uh, is, is talked about, uh, immensely within, uh, uh, of the, the, uh, the school of philosophy. So is it even theoretically possible for a scientist to open my cranium, pop it open, and do a complete, a complicated procedure on the gray matter that is there, root around there in the stick, and says, you were thinking of the Star-Spangled Banner just a moment ago, weren't you? No, it isn't, because we're talking about two different things of a, a, a different order altogether. The electrons mm-hmm. and the molecules and the synapses and all that in the brain have nothing to do with the concept of being transmitted over those synapses and arcs and so forth. You cannot tell. Yeah. Yeah. So the physical processes, right, is the point, is different than the the, uh, mental uh, aboutness, intentionality of what the brain, what we're thinking about, right? That's the point he's trying to make. The physical processes and the mental processes are two different things. Yeah, we 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 um we can kind of think about this uh when we're talking about you know okay well you, you know you divide space up into to atoms and then protons electrons and then well what makes those up quarks and so it's really hard to do this within the brain because you get to synapses and it's just like well okay is is my consciousness just carried along by by electricity and then what part of the electricity is it carried by and and who who's there and what's there and how do I how does that electricity of me thinking of an elephant go from from the left side of my brain to the right side of my brain? So I see the drawing and then I, I picture the the concepts of, uh, uh, oh, I remember that one time when I was six years old uh, at a zoo when I rode an elephant. So are those just the, the physicality of it and, and th- there's nothing uh, uh, kind of underlying the surface of that? And it's, it seems to have, uh, uh, we have a concept of this where it's more than just the, the the physical gray matter in your head. There's there's more to it than that. So you cannot tell what a person is thinking by dissecting the person's brain. You know, you're not thinking of an elephant, and all of a sudden, uh, w- within the <laughs> confines of your mind, uh, here comes the the elephant picture that's imprinted on your brain, and someone can uh, kind of take a, a X-ray scan and say, "Oh, you're thinking of an elephant." There's a right, difference right. between mind and brain. Yeah, that and that's the point he's trying to make. He says, uh, uh, you know, it's um, uh, the atheist has to say that the mind reduces to the brain mm-hmm. because the brain is the physical portion, and that's all the materialistic atheist has to work with. Right? Uh, the brain then is the mind. I guess is what they would have to say. He said. And so, you know, you don't have any thinking processes that is part of your free investigation and choosing. You just have uh, what takes place on the electrochemical uh, responses in the gray matter upstairs. And this is the implication of his materialism. There's nothing over and above the physical processes that are happening in the brain. There is no free investigation. There is no choosing they're just electrical, chemical processes, synapses firing, you know, and, and that sort of thing in certain patterns. And that's all you have. There is no mind. There is no mental thing. Right. He says, yeah. but if this is true, then you don't have control over what you think. Right. I mean, how can I control what I think if it's just a physical process that's happening? In fact, you know, you made the point. 
who, if I don't have control over it, I don't even exist, right? It's just a physical process. And so where is the I? Right. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and this is why, this is why we read sci-fi. This is, this is why things like, uh, um, if you want to watch the movie version of iRobot, there there exists that. But uh, you know, it, you're watching Star Wars, and uh, C-3PO gets his head uh, bonked on on uh, the the hull of uh, the Millennium Falcon. And he says, "Ouch!" Who's saying that? Why why is he saying that? Why 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 yeah. is this 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 uh, protocol droid uh, mimicking humanity? Or does or do droids have souls? It seems like in the Star Wars universe, with the idea of the Force and stuff like that, the idea of of a, a non physical um, entity uh, that even inhabits uh, um, uh, metal, like C three PO and R two D two, seem to be more there. And the 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 thinking process of these droids are personal. And granted, yes, this is entirely a work of fiction. But what that fiction uh, has informed us is okay. Well, what is humanity then? And so some yeah. of your your best uh, your best ideas of of sci-fi uh, explore uh, what what is uh, reality now and and what is it that make humans the humans that they are and and you just put them in different stories and so um, I I would uh, refer to you to uh, the episode that uh, Katie Room uh, and I talked about uh, sci-fi more so uh, I talked at Katie for for what sci-fi is and so uh, but we talked about uh, you know why sci-fi and fantasy are so important and how it needs to to ground itself within the scope of reality because. Um, uh, we're, we're not writing for the, the future people. We're writing for us uh, these days. And so uh, looking at the stories that we read about, the, the, this is a fundamental story that that uh, that uh, early science fiction has, has always written about. Yeah, good. So notice that the movie wasn't called The Robot. It was called <laughs> I, I Robot, right? right? Which is the, the idea that the robot somehow developed consciousness and became an I. And not just the robot, right? right? And so that's that's the idea here. Where the consciousness come from, and what is consciousness and mentality and those mm -hmm. types of things, right? right? So he says uh, that in fact, some atheists would say, "Yes, you're absolutely right. You you don't you don't have a a, a mind. You're just a brain, and brain and mind are interchangeable. And you're just getting so super fancy because you you, you know, all, all you've done <laughs> is you've you've watched Star Wars uh, eighty two times." and uh, you enjoy it. So what you think is just the result of uh, uh, antecedent physical causes, and that's it. Well, you can run with that, and let them state their worldview and say, okay, where does this take us? If that's true, there's no mind and everything I think is reduced to electrochemical responses in the brain. It's just uh, uh, popping fizz, it's just stardust bumping into other stardust, that, that's all it is, and uh, your, your happiness is just a chemical reaction uh, that uh, can can be uh, uh, mitigated with other types of chemicals that can always keep you happy. I couldn't prove, though, uh, I couldn't, uh, this is what I think, I didn't choose to think it. I couldn't prove what I'm thinking to be true because I can't help the electrochemical responses to take place in my brain. That's what would be the, the response to it. Uh, what I think, I didn't choose to think, it's just happening it's happening to me uh it's it's the the cause of of just those those things happening uh i couldn't prove to think what i'm thinking is true it's just the the very fact that it is it's not because of it it's just an is and the uh, responses that take place in my brain are 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 not to me as a as a as a person me 
so when, when I go out and kill somebody, well, that's just my my electrochemical responses uh, doing that thing. It's not me as a person. The, the 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 brain inside me just told me to do it, and I'm I'm just <laughs> the brain made me with did it. it. But yeah, <laughs> the, the body wants to divorce itself from that brain, but unfortunately, that brain is is has its tendrils everywhere. <laughs> and so, Boxen says, in other words, you say to the atheist, if what you say is true, then you have no reason for believing it to be true. Your worldview undermines any confidence that you could possibly have in your own worldview. Because on your worldview, everything that you're saying about atheism is just a result of electrochemical responses in your brain, right? That's it. You don't have any control, you know, so it's just an electrochemical responses. Even the arguments that you're attempting to make are just electrochemical both uh, processes, right? And so you don't have any reason to believe those. He says, for all we know, the machinery upstairs in your head just went wacko. Right? And so we don't hold you, we won't hold you responsible. Uh, you just couldn't help saying that. Right. In fact, no one can help what they think if this is the case and what they say and what they do, because there's no mind, there's no freedom, there's no choosing about what happens. It's just running a particular process and you get what you get and you have no control. Right. Out of control brain, look out. <laughs> <laughs> so he says, here's what he's getting at. If that all atheism is, is true, there could be no reason to believe atheism is true. Because if atheism is true, then I have no mind. My brain just does what it does, and his brain does what his does. And, right. and that's it. So, that's the story. Yeah, we, we, we're, we're, just, we're just carried along, and so... Th- uh, having a discussion is God, uh, does God exist or, or, uh, yes, God exists. Well, no, no, I, I don't think, well, hold on. Uh, we're, we're just, we're, we're interacting with, uh, as two brains we're meeting, let's just go our own way that we, we, we don't know anything about anything. And even that being a true statement is also incorrect. Let's just fizz somewhere else so that we're not fizzing together. And, uh, yeah, our, our chemical imbalances can, can occur. And so uh, we're just going to uh, depart uh, from that. Yeah. Well, okay. yeah. What what a sad situation, right? <laughs> and so so the, the point here is that uh, atheistic materialism eliminates our mind, right, and therefore eliminates our control on anything that we say or do, and it's self defeating. Because if I don't have any control, if I'm not making choices, if it's just chemical reactions that are happening then how do I know what my argument is for atheism is true? How do I know that that's true? Like that's the problem of the mind that he wants to force on the uh, atheists here to force them to be confronted with it so that they see, you know, how bankrupt this particular position is. Right. His next problem is the problem of moral absolutes, right? He says, there's still another problem, problem of moral absolutes. He says, we can talk about simple matters of morality, why anybody should you know, be decent to another person or why uh, we shouldn't pillage or rape or murder and all those sorts of things. But he says, one way to see this is uh, the example that he used in his debate that you referenced earlier with uh, Dr. Stein. Right? Suppose he says, I was to take out a gun in this debate right, with Stein, and say, here's how we'll settle the debate question. So he pulls a gun out on the guy. Give me an argument, he asked him, as to why I shouldn't shoot you. 
And he, Bonson says he has two ways to respond. Right? <laughs> what are the ways to respond? How do you respond to that? <laughs> My own gun. Bigger gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he says that one is to give no argument at all, but instead say, well, there aren't any moral absolutes. And if there aren't, uh, if there are no moral absolutes, then it's perfectly all right to win a debate by shooting your opponent. And uh, so you get a gun, right? You get your own gun, a bigger right, gun. Right? right. Yeah. This is how we solve disputes. We have 10 paces, turn, bang. All right. Uh, we're, 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 we're going with the, uh, the, the mindset that behaviorism is, is the best uh, uh, psychology. So that, that's, that's how you win. Might makes right. Uh, we, we, we control the textbooks. And so it's not about truth. It's about might and power. Okay. But if he thinks it's wrong to try and win a debate in that way, if he wants to say that murder is immoral, then he's going to have to tell me that there's more to this universe than just matter. He's going to have to appeal to something beyond the material cosmos. Listen, ideas, well, ideas are, are esoteric uh, things that your, your brain in the, in the vat of you is just trying to, to get me to on your side to, to allow you to have more things on, on your side. But but I don't I don't want that I I, I want uh, I I want to uh, exist uh, uh, completely independent from you and so uh, I'm going to just try and think of uh, this morality. Well, this moral concept is isn't a physical thing. I can't hold good morality in in my hand and then bad morality in my other hand and go oh yeah well here the good morality is is outweighed by by the bad morality and so that's how we and know. You can't things. find it in the refrigerator. <laughs> right, <laughs> so it's right next to two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so he's going to have to tell me that there's more to the universe than just matter. And he's going to have to appeal to something beyond the material cosmos. And this is a problem, right? Because all things are material. There's only matter in the universe. Well, un unless if there's more and, and uh, morality being one of them. Ultimately, he would have to appeal to the personal God of creation. But for our, our argument here, he has to go somewhere beyond the physical world to get to a moral absolute by which to condemn uh, 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 Bonson for trying to shoot him to win the debate. Every atheist you speak to is on the horns of that dilemma. Yeah, exactly. And so what he's been trying to show in this chapter, and he kind of, uh, this is the kind of the uh, end point of the chapter here, is that atheists cannot live consistently according to their worldview. They can hold it, they can you know, say they believe it, but they can't live it. That's what he's trying to say. He says when he was in college, it was during the last days of the counterculture of the Vietnam protests, the sexual revolution, it was the late 60s. He said he'd go onto a secular campus and try to witness and talk to people about the Christian faith. He'd run into you know, kind of this combination of ideas repeatedly and he says it would blow his mind. So what's the combination of ideas? Well, he says, I'd be talking with an unbeliever, let's say a guy who is living with his girlfriend. And I'd say, you know, how God condemns that and how that guilt needs to be dealt with and how Jesus Christ is the Savior and so forth. And he says, one way to uh, get me off of his back is for this guy to say, Different strokes for different folks, right? Moral relativism. This makes me happy. There are no absolutes. And so you can't apply that to me, right? It's, it's Morality is what I determine it is, right? right. Different strokes right. for different folks, right. right? So there, leave me alone. Let me do what I want to do. Right. And 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 so- It's okay oh, for okay. me to do what I want right. to do. Right. So, so yeah. okay, uh, uh, non-objective morality. Fine, let's go with that. 
But then he would say in the very same conversation that the person would say, the United States is unrighteous to be in Vietnam. We need to protest and burn down banks and do things to get them out of Vietnam because it's wrong. But how do you bring those two things together? It's different strokes for different folks, but when it comes to your, uh, when it comes to your sexual behavior, but not different strokes for different folks when it comes to military morale. You can't have it both ways. Exactly. Either one way or the other. So he says the materialistic atheist cannot do science anymore. That's what he's shown in this chapter. He cannot use logic anymore. He cannot presume that his mind or his brain is trustworthy, right? He cannot argue that we must be honest in our lab reports and we, you know, must do our own final exams, right? That morally, <laughs> you know, there's no morality there. Uh, so what happens when you point out these things, he says, when you destroy someone's worldview and show that, uh, you know, he can't even reason on the basis of it? Do they usually say that they get it and declare that they need to become a Christian? Do they say, I'm guilty before God, I've been fighting against all of this? He says sometimes that happens, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, hopefully we do see that, that type of change, but it's not going to happen just because you've destroyed their worldview internally. So what's the next thing to do? Well, the next thing to do is to see, and this is where we'll uh, pick up in the next chapter, is that the unbeliever will say, that can't be true. I understand why you say theoretically that I can't do science, but I do science. And all my unbelieving friends do science. They make choices. They believe in morality. My best friend's a mathematician. <laughs> <laughs> what you say looks good on paper, but it just isn't true. It's kind of like right. uh, communism. Communism looks great on paper. It, it definitely doesn't look great on paper either, by the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's the thing. Oh, it works well on paper. But, you know, once you put it out in the real world, then, you know, that, that, that's where the trouble is. And, and see, we have atheist mathematicians and, and uh, atheist uh, uh, moralists out there who are, are saying, uh, you know, do these things and not these other things. Well, but why? Where? Yeah. How, how, do we make, how do we make the determination? Because uh, I, I come by and uh, someone says, oh, you know, uh, giving uh, uh, sex changing uh, operations to, to six year olds is good. I say it's bad. What do we do? And bad yeah. and good in, in, in the sense of immoral, not, not just, oh, it's fine uh, scientifically. But no, morale. Yeah, right. Exactly. And so what do we do is the question when we were confronted with this type of answer after we pointed out the bankruptcy of this kind of worldview. He says, well, the next step in your apologetic, uh, and this is where we're going to you know, have to push where it hurts, he tells us, <laughs> is toward a conviction of sin, showing the unbeliever that he does do science and use logic and believe in moral absolutes. And that proves that he does know God in his heart of hearts. What he's been saying with his mouth does not reflect what he believes in his heart. He tells us, right? As Paul says in Romans 1, the unbeliever knows the truth but has been suppressing it in unrighteousness. Right. Right. And this is the 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 touching of of that of that reality that we've talked about in, in previous chapters, is there's still contact with in suppression. They're still pushing it down. They're still they're still interacting with it in some way. They they cannot escape being made in the image of God. And so they, they are, are unable to get away from those things like, I can do science, I can do logic, I can know that um, morality exists in the world, but, but why is that? So that's, that's what we're going to talk about. This means mm -hmm. we must talk about self-deception. 
the unbeliever is caught up in the condition of self-deception. He has convinced himself there is no God, that he doesn't believe in God, and it's not needed, uh, when in fact he really does, and he refuses to give thanks and honor to the God for, uh, for, for who God is. But it's one thing to destroy a worldview, it's another to convince him that he stands there naked before God, that is, he is spiritually dead because of sin and need of a savior. And so that's the, 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 the two-step approach. Fine, you've, you've destroyed it and you said, oh, well, you know, you may be right, but I can still do it. And I don't know why, but, uh, but here it is. And so you walk away going, ah, I showed that person. But that's never been the Christian message. It's it can't be part of our apologetic. Uh, if, if 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 anything, it should be the 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 least part of it. Uh, and and uh, uh, from from here, uh, we'll move on to uh, uh, discussing why the unbeliever is actually a believer. Yeah. So it's not just winning an argument; it's winning hearts and minds. Right. That's what we're at. So. Right. So. Uh, the ability to do science, uh, so affects all reality. The ability to uh, uh, understand uh, and know and use the laws of logic uh, and being justified in it. The ability to uh, uh, understand that we're more than just brains, that when we say <laughs> I or we or me or I must or I can't uh, uh, do or things I choose that, to. Yeah. yeah, yeah, all those things. And uh, this is right, this is wrong, it's, it's wrong for a man to be on an island all by himself and slaughter a thousand puppies, even if you uh, never see any of those puppies. And so uh, <laughs> all these things we're, we're putting in front of people. And so uh, uh, even the oh, number yeah. like 200, like this episode is number 200 for us. Wow. It exists out in the world. We were <laughs> able to, to, to point to a, a, a non-physical thing and say 200 things have occurred and so here is episode 200 at your fingertips and so this just proves that uh um uh that tony is a, a gracious person to uh, be able to uh uh to not just physically maintain oh reality but uh to to come alongside and and uh, be with me for 200 of these episodes so um uh, 200 is some number that ends in a zero, and so we must celebrate it. And so uh, this is uh, episode 200. And so hopefully you'll join us back for 201, where we'll continue to, to uh, figure out um, the, our best apologetic uh, process for um, uh, interacting with those who claim to uh, not know God, but also uh, that they are able to know that there's not a God uh, by the <laughs> basis of the reality of science around them. That's right. All right. Well, good. We'll see you next time. See you next time.